from my perspective, one of the really uh, helpful tools, and I, I would say that we could find what I'm about to say, um, we can find it in good spirituality, in good uh, psychology, and I'm not saying it's exactly true, um, but I think concepts can be very helpful to differentiate um, the internal things. And then we can make, once we have concepts that are fairly clear, we can make better choices, perhaps, you know, about how we want to behave and act according to our values. And so what I'm going to try to illustrate here is the difference between, there's, there's three selves. We have three selves. We think we're one self, but really we're three selves. This triune nature, say. Um, and so I'm going to ask you to picture on the bottom of the ocean, we have a less really flat, you know, very dark down there, very stable, <laughs> no currents. And I want you to picture the bottom of the ocean, and there's like this mountain or mound of maybe a rock or something that kind of comes up and then goes on um, flat. So we have this um, example of a, of a particularity that comes up from the universal flatness of the bottom. <clears throat> and we're going to call that, that mound, that's going to be the anchored self, anchored. It's anchored into reality. And reality, the ground of being, we call that God, we call that divine love, can call that um, infinite mercy, infinite um, patience, infinite love, infinite peace. But anyways, it is where this is, the, it's, it's huge. And we are the essence of this, um, but we're also unique. Okay, so this is your anchored self. Now, now I want you to picture a a chain or a string or some kind of big thing that connects the anchored self all the way to the top of the water. And on top of the water, there's like a, a bobber or a bowie, you know, a huge, maybe floating sphere or something. <laughs> and so we have the, the chain. I call this the holy tether, the chain. And then up here is, is what's called the floating self. And I'm going to give you the picture and then I'm going to describe what each, each one of them do. Um, does so we have the floating self and the floating self is um it's sitting up there and it's it's very very exposed to the external reality so we have uh, maybe a tsunami coming one day we've got beautiful sunshine the next you know uh, maybe the bobber is like almost underwater because of the the tumult the tumultuous waves one day, so it's barely able to like stay above, and then the next day it's like just floating and chilling and you know awesome. In any case, it doesn't have a lot of; it's almost no stability. There's no internal stability here. It's all uh, external. the The control is external upon it. Okay. Now there's a third self, and that self is right in the middle of the holy tether. So it's right in the middle between the anchored self and the floating self. This is the third self. The third self, I call it the significant self. The significant self is the meaning-making self. It it uh, makes significance out of um, makes meaning out of the catalysts that come to us every moment. So catalysts 
are these just input. It's daily, daily activity, daily things that come to you and to your senses, you know, <laughs> um, me sitting down in this chair, uh, is a catalyst for my body to, to be in this particular place. Or maybe I have a difficult conversation with somebody, which is a catalyst for me to learn how to re respond versus react. But, um, catalysts will come to us every moment. Every moment is, is a, something new is happening to us. And for those humans, which I include myself, um, most of us are not very self-aware and we have no idea that we're getting catalysts, you know, things that come to us, but we also have no idea how to use them efficiently. So here's the thing, the significant self that's in the middle this is the self that has agency. It has power to dis to discern which direction it wants to go. So when I take offense to something, in that moment, my significant self is really kind of housed in my floating self. In other words, and the floating self, let, let me describe that. The floating self is the image self. It's the ego self. It's the self that thinks it's right. Um, the self that has to be right, the self that is always wrong. I mean, you can go either way. Uh, I like to say this, the floating self uh, thinks it's a piece of shit or the floating self thinks it's the shit. <laughs> you can feel the difference there. It's like, so uh, the floating self thinks it's the best thing ever and like, yeah, I kicked that. That was awesome, you know? Or the floating self like, oh, I'm just the worst. I'm never, I'm so bad. I'm always the worst, you know, like I'm, no one likes me. That You know, so that's the, the floating self and it, the floating self is not the bad self it really isn't. It's not dangerous. It is dangerous rather, but it's not the bad self. Um, the floating self is dangerous insofar as people think that is the only self they have. So you'll find people, for example, that maybe in our society standards, they are, you know, they've succeeded wealthy and, you know, so on in this big house, whatever, but you listen to them talk and they're still talking about being a victim here and a victim there. And it's a win and lose. And I've got to beat them and I've got to win. And I'm always complaining because they did this to me and I'm going to get them back and whatnot. That is all the purview of the floating self and they're trapped. They're miserable. The floating self is inherently insecure. You can't buy enough in, enough security for the people who are ensconced and imprisoned really in their floating self. You cannot. Um, and so the floating self is the self that has uh, your successes, uh, the societal roles that you occupy. Um, and it is the self that reacts when, you know, our partners say certain things and we feel like we have to respond um, and we have to be right. And it is a self that is desiring of correction over connection. It wants to be correct and have you think that I'm correct and, and agree with me versus the capacity to uh, search and find areas and sacred spaces of connection. Okay, I think you got the, the sense of the floating self. It's, angst, it's anxious, you know, anxiety and it's existential anxiety, like who am I? All of this is of the purview of the 
floating self. The anchored self, on the other hand, is the self that is very centered. It is stable. It is the self that has the capacity to discern. It's patient. It can hold tension. It can hold um, paradoxes together. Uh, for example, um, well, the first paradox it can hold is the fact that, you know, me, say as a human, I am both um, uh, I am both broken and whole at the same time. I am both blind and uh, have the capacity for, for fullness at the same time. <laughs> Um, I am both the person that plays with 25 cards and has the capacity for 52 at the same time. You know, 52 cards of life, as we say. So, <clears throat> the, the, or let's say I'm the person who can, someone just said something to me that hurt my floating self. But if I'm in my anchored self, I can choose to hold that pain, not react to it, and then respond when I'm ready, but in the in-between time, have the capacity to enjoy the moment. But that's really hard. Maybe one way we can, at least Americans can understand this, is um, when we're driving on the highway and someone cuts you off or someone is going real slow, <laughs> whatever, whatever might spark the uh, driving rage, the road rage, the road rage phenomena is 100% floating self. The anchored self might feel the prick of the floating self saying, dude, that sucks. But then immediately the significant self chooses to, to house itself into the anchored self. So then we come down into the, because the significant self are, sees someone just almost cut me off. That and the significant self receives that catalyst, perceives it, you know, the, the almost being cut off, and then chooses instead of going up to the floating self of like I'm going to rage and follow them and tailgate, I'm going to go down into the anchored self and I'm going to bless them. I, I don't need to know where you're going. I don't even care if you did this on purpose or not. What I am going to do is pray for you right now because um, you're clearly anxious, <laughs> you know, something. And the anchored self knows how to stay in peace and enjoy even amidst the external chaos. So the last thing I'll say um, about the significant self is there's only two ways that we get into the anchored self um, coming down. And that is great love where we receive love from somebody or from God um, where we know we didn't deserve it, or we know that uh, there's nothing we could do to repay that love, <laughs> and and, it, and it's it's just a love that just breaks us open into a greater capacity to give love to others, um, greater compassion, even though we don't know where this capacity inside ourselves comes from. It's it's a it's a it's a love that expands us so that expanding that that a capacity to channel love even though we didn't know we could do that that would be the sensation of the significant self 
falling down into the anchor itself because you're choose you're being broken open um your life is broken open and and so you move into that anchored self the other thing is great suffering great suffering is the suffering where i cannot control anymore i've learned that i've tried to control things i've tried to make them see my side of the view <laughs> i've tried to change them or whatever it is and i cannot i realize i cannot i cannot i've tried all my life and i can't and so great suffering brings us to the moments of realization that i cannot control this i've been trying and it's moments when we don't have it anymore we don't have any more power we're powerless and that is those are moments of suffering and so when we accept those moments of suffering and we ask that we learn how to you know we receive the catalyst that comes to us of those moments of suffering we can surrender our need to control we can surrender our need to be correct and we can choose to connect over correction even if you have to set boundaries i'm not saying you don't set boundaries but you'll do it from a place of uh um mm, freedom and space that honors you and the other person there there won't be scapegoating the other person and making yourself the victim there won't be uh uh pointing fingers at the other person and saying that they're all the problem here or that person in the past was all the problem it's going to be always the anchored self is going to have the capacity to to own at least you know some percentage of the reason why we're stuck and from this perspective this big perspective the great suffering breaks us into it and we fall we fall down into our anchored self from this perspective we realize that <clears throat> whatever i don't like about that other person there's something inside me that is similar to that there's something inside me that i don't like about that other person that either i'm in denial of that's in here or um it has the potential or maybe it was something that my mom did or my dad did or somebody else um and i've not healed it it's not, i haven't brought it to light to be healed the luminosity of wholeness heals all things the light heals the shadow so i share all of that and i'll stop here in a second but i share all of that because um when we realize the great suffering that we have that we're trying to have control and we can't we realize inside how many times have i hurt people inadvertently not trying or been passive aggressive or try to manipulate my way even though i didn't know i was doing that in that moment now i see so part of the great suffering is oh my god i i thought i was carrying you know i thought i was 30 a 30 card person and i realized maybe i'm 15 <laughs> you know i mean oh my god and it's not it's a sense of this deep humility so once i can see my own sense of um non enlightenment if you will then i can grant that grace to other people and to give them the benefit of the doubt to realize we're all on this path in this journey and so when i see somebody else acting a fool or hurting me 
I can still set boundaries. I can still honor the fact that I'm hurt. But I, I don't have to um, hate them. I don't have to uh, point them out as the, the absolute worst. I don't have to catastrophize, you know, all or nothing, either or. And I can hold the pain long enough along with the curiosity of the question to myself is what am I not seeing here? Maybe there's a lot of things going on that I'm not aware of yet. And I want to be able to give myself space and time for something to emerge that would give me a better direction of discernment on what to do. All right. So I stop, I'll stop here and, and share with you then or stop here and, and then conclude by saying again, the anchored self is who you really are. It's your centered self. It's your soul. It's the self that's connected in and through Christ, Christ self, you know. Um, Then we have the significant self, and then we have the floating self. And the significant self is the one that moves up to the floating self when we are um, hurting, and we have to be able to discern this is the energetics of the floating self, and I don't want to be here, so how do I get into my anchored self and the path down? is some kind of acceptance of my own lack of being able to see and my acceptance of the situation that I'm in, my capacity to forgive, my capacity to balance myself and the situation and my capacity to open myself up to more love. (laughs) That brings me down into the anchored self where all of a sudden I have the, let's say, the perspective of of the ground of being from here, you see. Okay.